This is the JWN Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Neenstead. Welcome to episode number 59. Wow. This is a solo show. For those of you new to the podcast, I release an interview show with somebody in the creative community on Mondays and then on Fridays, usually. I'll release a solo show, and it's just me kind of talking about what's going on in my life. And, uh, yeah. Welcome to the solo show. So, uh, let's get started with this. Um, Last week, I definitely went... I did something I, I probably didn't want to do, or, you know, in hindsight, didn't want to do at the time. I needed to do it, and that's all there is to do, to say. Uh, I was definitely feeling the height of the emotion of the things that transpired here in the United States. And yeah, it it was rough. And and I apologize to people who come here not to hear that stuff. Because there's a lot of people who just, they want to escape from that. It it maybe is hitting them over the head a lot lately. Um, All the political news and uh, you want to just get away from it. And then you turn on podcast focused on creatives and here comes the host just venting for quite a while it's almost 40 minutes of me venting Uh, maybe more than 40 minutes anyway this week i'm not going to talk about that I, i i am really just looking forward to moving along um where the political atmosphere in this country is in the background it's no longer in the forefront uh, we don't have to hear the president's name every day. I can't wait till those days of not caring about what's going on in the government every single day. <laughs> and I feel I'm, I'm I'm hopeful that that's what will happen. Maybe we we shall see. You know, I, I've been thinking about this this pandemic, and and uh, I was very hopeful, um, especially when the vaccine started to roll out. And then, of course, we stumbled out of the gate. And, you know, a lot of that hope is feeling strained right now. In other words, I was thinking maybe by the summertime, we'd start to feel a little bit normal. And then, you know, by the fall, it would just, for the most part, be behind us. And now I don't know if that's true. (laughs) That scares me. Because... I'm ready to move on as I, I, I'm, you know, it's not a shocking thing to say. We're all, we've all been ready to move on. Uh, and I think it's evident in the, the amount of people that are dealing with it in a much worse way now than we've ever experienced it. Uh, but I guess the people are less scared, which is weird because people are, are getting this thing like crazy. I mean, how many people do you know that have it? You you listening at home or wherever you are, you might have it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's it's crazy. And I, I don't know how much longer I can try to find ways to, to deal with this. Is this the way we're going to live our lives? I, you know, I hope not. I, I really miss just a festival. I know we've figured out ways to go see live music, but it's, it's not the same, man. You know, it makes me feel like when you, I don't know if any of y'all have done this. When I was a kid, every once in a while, my grandfather would take me to like a jazz or or a big band 
type of outdoor music show where it was seated with assigned seats and it was, you know, it was nice and it was a bunch of um, older people watching this music being performed. And uh, that's kind of what concerts feel like now. And as I'm getting older, parts of that are kind of attractive, but I do want to still feel alive and get in the middle of things and, you know, get pushed around and bop around to the music. And it's just, it's, it's just not the same. It's not the same. And, and I miss it dearly. But you know what? Nothing makes me happier um, than genuinely making my wife laugh after, I guess, 20 years of marriage, over 20 years of marriage. We're, I think we're working on 22 now. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a long time. Um, and I guess it's, I, I, I've, I've figured this out. This is like me pivoting very quickly away from wherever I started. Um, but I think the secret to, to having a long relationship and being able to entertain each other, especially through this kind of lockdown, is that I'm always expanding my interests. And so I'm always getting new points of view and new, new inspiration. And uh, I think that's important. And I know too many people that are still listening to the same music that they listened to when they were in high school. Like they haven't moved on and it's nice to be nostalgic and listen to the the classics, you know, the stuff you grew up on, but I find it way more important to keep seeking out new stuff and, um, you know, constantly getting inspired by new types of, of entertainment, new types of creativity uh, and trying to see if I can participate in it in some in some fashion, whether it be drawing or whatever it is. Uh, I think that's important. And if you do that and you're in a relationship with somebody, it will help you um, keep things fresh. And uh, that's kind of hard right now, <laughs> but but I'm still I'm still searching, still looking, doing things like this podcast, you know, being able to sit down with interesting people who some of them I've known and never really knew. And uh, I've experienced that on this podcast. And it's very fun when some friends of mine uh, who share the same friends listen to the podcast and be like, I had no idea that person did this, that, and the other thing, you know? And that to me is like making me so excited to keep doing this because there's some times where you know, I'm recording this right now. I'm I'm tired. I've had a long day. I've already recorded an episode. I've done a bunch of work. I've been driving around all day. I forgot to eat. <laughs> I had to run home to go eat. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those. I'm like, oh, I went home to go eat. And I was like, I, I got to go back. I got to go back because I left all my equipment at my studio. I got to go back there and record this thing. So I'm going to try to keep this on point. I have something I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, But before I get started on that, I just wanted to uh, talk about another thing real quick that's been on my mind. And it's that uh, I felt like this anxiety and this kind of depression that has been born of the situation we all find ourselves in, giving me a loss of desire to do things that I love. There's some things that I don't do right now because I'm just kind of nervous and scared and I don't think it's responsible for me personally. 
not judging other people that do it, but like going to a yoga class right now, it's off the table for me. I've tried it a couple of times. I just don't feel, I'm not getting out of it what I used to because I'm too busy. My, my mind is, is like paranoid. So yeah, it's not working. Um, but running has been something that I can do. And, and I lately I've been, my desire to run at a higher level is waned. And, um, think it might be because there's a lack of in-person races. So in the past, when I had, I've always had a race coming up pretty much uh, this time of year, it was almost every couple of weeks, there was a race coming up that I could get excited for. And that's largely gone for the most part. I mean, I'm training right now for a marathon that's in March and you know, I, the part of me thinks it's just not going to even happen anyway. And this, between that and this kind of anxiety that still kind of has its grip on me, going out for like a 17, 18, 19, whatever mile run is extremely hard. <laughs> it's, it's, I procrastinate. I, I don't want to get it done. I've, I've been pushing them off every long, longer run or workout, I've been kind of finding excuses not to do, do them when I'm supposed to. And I was listening to this podcast. It's called the uh, Marathon Training Academy. And uh, it's a good podcast. If you're into running, it's, it's a good podcast to listen to, to kind of help keep you, keep you motivated and listen to people who are, who are also training for marathons and, and their strategies and things like that. It's, it's very, uh, a niche podcast to say the least, but they said something on a, a recent episode where they said, trying to find your way back um, into where you were when you're, when you're in a slump, uh, that habit beats motivation. And I, I, I think that's pretty much what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> <laughs> so habit beats motivation, basically forcing yourself to do the hard stuff and not waiting for any kind of motivation to do it. So what I just explained is I feel this lack of motivation because of these things that are missing in my life and, and this overall anxiety. Uh, but what they're saying is instead of being motivated to run, just make it a habit and just do it. Just, just It's part of your life, just like making coffee in the morning. Or, you know, whatever it is you you have to do that's a habit, brushing your teeth. You know, you don't really get motivated to brush your teeth. You just do it because you have to. And so I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try and 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 ad- adopt that mindset going forward so that I can hopefully get these things done. But yeah, it's it's sad when the things that I love to do aren't bringing me the same enjoyment. Um and uh, yeah, I'm looking, I'm definitely actively looking for ways to get that enjoyment back. And if that means, uh, you know, making a habit out of it, a healthy habit, then then I'll, I'll give it a try because I really miss it. All right. So what I really wanted to get to today involves some people I know. Um, and it's a tough thing to talk about because uh, I don't want to... T- I want to give you the facts as they were presented. I don't want to pass judgment. I just want to not make it about myself, but it's going to sound like it. I just want to kind of convey how 
I've my similar experiences with people in 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 situations of of mental health issues um, and, and the struggles that I have and how how it correlates to this story and how it's it's very difficult it's very difficult to, to to pass judgment on either of the parties involved in this so let me get right into it so there there was a story on a a punk rock website called punknews.org that broke uh, that was born out of a tweet of somebody i know about somebody else i know and basically when I used to play in a band, uh, there was a band from Pennsylvania that we were friendly with and, uh, they got pretty, you know, in the underground scene, they did really well for themselves. Uh, they were a band called Weston and, uh, we used to love those guys. We used to love hanging out with them and playing shows with them. And whenever they were in town, we would just, it, we would always go out of our way to, to hang out with them and, and see them. And, and some of those friendships amongst the band members have, have, uh, lasted throughout all of these years. Uh, one of the members of the band who we still kind of called the new guy, even though he'd been in the band for a very long time, uh, was this guy, Jimmy, right? And uh, years later, I mean, in recent years, he went on to f form this band called Beach Slang. And he, his, he went by his name, he went from Jimmy to James. So... Uh, James fronted this band and they're really good. Like really good. I think they're really good. Uh, very much in that Minnesota twin cities, rock and roll sound of the nineties. So think replacements, Goo Goo Dolls, early Goo Goo Dolls, um, that whole kind of vibe and just, just rock and roll music, fun, uh, very, endearing lyrics and you know a lot of songs about art and 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 being kind of like in that community and all that so i really connected with it i think i thought it was great and uh the 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 band manager uh was this girl named charlie charlie low and uh the reason why i you know i ended up knowing her is a few years a couple of years yeah i guess yeah, two years ago maybe three years ago. I don't know. I think it was 2019. My band and the band Weston, uh, did like a little East coast tour as a reunion thing. So we, we went from DC up to New York and, and whatnot and everything in between. And, uh, that's how I met Charlie. Cause she was working with Jimmy or James, uh, and James was part of this band Weston. So he was part of the, this whole tour as well. And so she kind of took over the job of managing this little mini tour, right? She kind of became the tour manager. Fine, great, do it, whatever. Uh, and so that's how I know her. And I've known, and I'm not like close personal friends with James. I'm not going to act like, like this is my best buddy. This is just somebody I've known for a long time through the music bit world, talked to him a bunch of times. You know, if I saw him on the street, I'd say, hi, I don't even know his kids' names. That, that, you know what I'm saying? That that's where it, it's kind of like a, acquaintance is even probably a little, a uh, bit much. It's just somebody I know from, from the scene. Uh, and, and I admire his music. I really do. I admire Weston a lot and I admire beach slang a lot. So this article that came out in punk news, um, I'll just 
I'll just kind of read a bit of it now so you can get a get the gist. Charlie Lowe was the manager for Beach Slang. She is still listed as the manager of the band on the band's website. Last night, she accused the band's James Alex of being emotionally abusive, among other things. Via Twitter, she stated, I endured constant emotional, psychological, and narcissistic abuse from James Alex for years. I have learned he sells his too-kind-to-be-true persona to hide that he is truly the most selfish, horrible person I have ever met. I was diagnosed with CPTSD from how he treated me. So basically, fuck him. Fuck his made-up music personality. Fuck his fake kindness. Fuck him for using, uh, using me almost daily. Fuck him for making me want to commit suicide to get out. Fuck him for my therapy bills and medication. Fuck him for alienating me from everyone I love. Fuck him for using me as a goddamn personal servant on tour and not. For making sure I was always so financially fucked for no other options. Um, For being a textbook narcissist abuser. For making me feel so worthless and alone. I see clearly now. I see you clearly now. I'm sorry. Fuck you. I think she's a little angry. Um, You know what? I'm not done. (laughs) Yes, she is angry. Fuck him for punching holes through my things because he was sick of me crying um, by his own hand. Fuck you. You know that. Uh, uh, Sorry. There's a lot of... uh, I'm getting lost in this because I I feel like they're all starting with fuck. (laughs) I'm laughing not because I find it funny. I'm just laughing because it's uncomfortable and that's how I, I... respond. I apologize. This is serious. Fuck him for calling me an ungrateful bitch when I said I wanted to see my friends. For telling me I would have nothing without him. For telling me I would have no friends without him. Fuck him for literally saying to me that treating me badly made him feel like a rock star. I spent years of my life being consumed with fear and anxiety. And then in capital letters, she writes, fuck you. Um... That's heavy. Uh, So obviously this is somebody who is extremely affected. Now, from my personal viewing of this person, Charlie, uh, she seemed like a super uh, well put together manager person. In other words, she was very organized. She seemed very responsible. She was on top of things. She had a very no-nonsense attitude. And I mean, I only saw in that extended weekend that I spent hanging, you know, hanging out with these people, I got the sense that she was a really nice person, but she kind of kept that bottled up. You know what I'm saying? You ever meet somebody that's so consumed with whatever it is they're doing that they don't like let their personality show? And every once in a while you get a glimpse just through something, you know, whatever it may be, some simple little interaction. Um, so I, my personal feelings about her were just like, oh, this is like, you know, cool. We've got this person who's like clearly a professional because we were just doing this for fun. <laughs> we were just, you know, a bunch of friends getting together. Some of us hadn't seen each other in 20 years and that's how we treated it. But she was, she kind of kept the ship on the, you know, right side up. So, I was happy to have her around. Uh, there were some 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 weird issues where uh, her and one of the band members in my band kind of didn't get along, but I think 
that was just business stuff. I think because he did not like um, giving up the power of of running the business side of things to somebody else. So I, I don't know if they butted heads. I don't know. I kind of stayed out of it because, like I said, I was there to have fun. I didn't care about the the logistical financial anything about it i was there to have fun you know what i'm saying like i was just like hey let's let's enjoy ourselves it's been 20 years let's just treat it like a party we're all adults let's do this all right so anyway that's my knowledge of this person and and how i perceived her um i did think that because I was I was unsure, you know, you when you see somebody like that and the way she she interacted with with uh, James, you know, you, it, it doesn't you immediately think, oh, are they in a relationship? And then you you, you know, pay attention for five seconds and realize, no, he's married. He has kids and all that other stuff. They're just in a professional relationship. But she was very much like his caretaker, like she really saw to his every need and, you know. All right, cool. Whatever. Not gonna. Again, it was nice to have somebody like that on the tour to keep everything going, so we could all be buddy buddy and have fun. So, here we go with the response. Uh, and this one is 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 tough because this response doesn't come from James himself. It, it comes from his family. Um. And I'll read this article. Also, I mean, I read this, all these things through social media, but uh, punknews.org did a really good job of just putting it all in one place. So I'm going to read you once again, their article. I'll link these articles in the show notes. Um, Last week, James Alex of Beach Slang was accused of emotional abuse by his former manager, Charlie Lowe. Today, the Alex family has issued a statement. In the statement, the family states that Alex suffered childhood abuse, recent, uh, recently attempted suicide, and is in an inpatient facility. Uh, it's unclear of the suicide attempt, uh, w- whether or not it was before the accusations uh, became public. Public. The family also stated that pe- beach slang is no more and will not reform. And... Um, yeah, that's rough, man. This is this is rough, and I'll explain to you in a minute why. But let let's read the statement from uh, the family. So this is this is uh, they posted this on Beach Slang's social media accounts. James is not perfect, and never claimed to be. After a lifetime of suicidal ideation, Beach Slang was simply intended to be an outlet of positivity in rock and roll and an attempt to heal himself and any sad or broken friends he met along the way. His, in quotes, fake music persona wasn't some facade derived with malice to dupe or harm anyone. It was a coping mechanism created to overcome his struggles. Yes, he had moments of compulsiveness, emotional instability, and chaotic relationships, but none of his actions were intentional or meant to hurt or harm anyone. Certainly not those who cared for or believed in him. They were an unfortunate result of unimaginable childhood trauma, violent physical, sexual, and emotional abuse, and years of untreated uh, resultant severe mental health issues. 
James is diagnosed with bipolar disorder, paranoid schizophrenia, and now borderline personality disorder. This is not to invalidate or negate anyone's feelings or experiences. It's only to explain the unexplained or unseen cause to the effects. As the internet can be very black and white and mental illness is largely a gray area. While mental illness does not excuse anyone to cause others emotional duress, it should at least be acknowledged that it may cause one to unknowingly hurt others and themselves with their words and actions. James was starting treatment before these allegations were made and is now in an inpatient facility after attempting to take his life. He's getting the help that he needs and will be on a true path to recovery. Please know you have been heard. While it may, not, uh, it may not have felt like enough or that it came soon enough, he has tried to make amends and reconcile his behaviors. James is not a monster. He's a flawed and complex human being. He's also a father, a son, a husband, and a friend to those still willing to believe in him. He never intended to cause anyone pain. And all parties involved were aware of and could recognize his issues and try to help him to the best of their abilities at the time. Unfortunately, the help he needed was beyond the scope of family and friends with good intentions. He just wants to stay alive. I mean, that's rough, man. That's rough. Um, The comments on that post were kind of upsetting to me because... You have to take the take that at its word. Uh, I don't think he's trying to claw back and, and get back whatever he's lost. Uh, that doesn't sound like that to me at all. It truly sounds like somebody who is is pained and and dealing with a, a really difficult mental situation. Uh, the guy I knew was super shy in real life. Very reserved, um, not super outgoing, but then when he got on stage, he definitely, it was like a, 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 it was like someone flipped a switch. He turned into a completely different person, full of energy, uh, very like a strong persona. So yeah, I can understand what, where she might say his fake rock persona because uh, when he got on stage, he was a different person. I didn't take that as phoniness. I just t- took that as like, all right, this is the this is what he's presenting as his art. And uh, the person off stage was definitely kind of a deflated version of that, for lack of a better term. Um, but I never really thought. I, 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 you know, what I'm saying I didn't know him well enough to know that he was suffering through this stuff. So, uh, since this happened, his record label has actually pulled all of his, um, catalog. The beach slang stuff is, is being pulled. They're pulling it off of streaming. Uh, I don't know how I feel about all that. I, I, I do. I understand if you're a company, you want to distance yourself from this kind of, um, bad press or whatnot. Uh, Charlie had, this is the last thing I'll read to you guys. Cause I know me reading is, is not the most exciting thing in the world. Charlie did, uh, issue a follow-up statement and she said, uh, PSA past trauma isn't a blank check to perpetuate more trauma. 
Thanks for, again, another manipulation tactic, re the BS statement on Instagram. Also, that statement contains no apology whatsoever, nor does it mention me at all, effectively silencing me as a victim and putting the spotlight right back on James for sympathy. It's unreal how fucking gross this is and continues to be. Yeah, I think he does owe her an apology. She has a, a very valid point there. Um, but again, if it's not him writing it, if it's someone else writing it, he might not really have a choice in what was written. Uh, we just don't know. But he, here's where I'm going to come to Charlie's defense. Charlie, you di- you're doing the right thing. You, you distance yourself from him and, and everything that is surrounding that. And uh, I can only say that out of experience. Sometimes the people who you love or should love the most, who may need you the most, sometimes you just can't be there for them. Sometimes you can't help them. Sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is to get the fuck out of Dodge. And it sounds like that's what you're doing. So I congratulate you for doing that. Um, I would only, uh, I would only ask you to, to find some way, maybe not to forgive him, but to understand that if he truly is what they're saying he is. If he's mentally ill uh, with all of those different conditions, he, while, while there are times where he can control it and and have full responsibility, there's also times when he can't. And because of that, this, the best thing for you to do is just stay out of his life. Get away from him. It's the best thing you can do. And so I applaud you for doing that. And thank you for, for being so honest and sharing that. Um, now for, for James, um, you're going to have a hard, long, hard road because that kind of thing, when, you, when, when those uh, types of disorders take over and, and it comes in waves, and from what I've experienced in my life through other people that I love, when it comes and you turn into like this Jekyll and Hyde character, um, they might not perceive that you've changed or you've switched until you start saying unforgivable things. And understand that when people bow out of your life, it's not necessarily, uh, and I know in this situation, Charlie is saying, fuck you. She's made it very clear. Fuck you. Um, but you're going to have to understand that like there are people going to have to protect themselves and bow out and, and, and stay out of your path. And, uh, that doesn't mean all hope is, is lost because there are amazing people that will be able to recognize what's going on and will be able to withstand the kind of perceived meanness that can come from somebody suffering from those things. And, I really, really hope, I really, really hope you can find the right ways to cope with this uh, and understand that like what works today might not work tomorrow. Uh, You will have relapses, but you can live a functional, normal life as long as you're aware of all of that, which it sounds like you are, you're going for treatment. Uh, I I, I think you can, you'll never beat this, 
but you'll be able to to understand it a little bit more and and live with it and live a pretty normal life for the most part. And you'll have to have people around you that that trust you and that you more importantly that you trust that when they tell you hey something's not right you need to you need to readjust that you you do what they say you know um but i'm not a professional i'm just somebody who's dealt with this my entire life and um i i've been on the charlie side of this so i i really want you to to really i don't want you to, to kill yourself 100% that's not the answer but i i just want you to understand that like everybody's got some sort of struggle that they deal with some have much much more difficult struggles than others and it's unfair it's not cool it sucks but that's the cards you've been dealt and and uh people with with awful um, decks of cards have done amazing things with their lives and your life is far from over. You're an extremely talented guy. Uh, and I think as music fans, if every single person who, who got through their careers and lived out their lives and put out music that we love, I think if every single one of them were exposed to show their flaws uh, especially under the lens of w- the world we live in now where everything is kind of out in the open. Uh, a lot of those artists probably wouldn't have made their masterpieces. They never would have gotten to that point because we would have shut them out. Um, that's not to say that, you know, this is such a tricky thing because because I, I really don't really don't want to sound like I'm, I'm siding with one party or the other. I identify with what Charlie's going through a hundred percent. So she might never want to reconcile this with you. And that's fine. That's her choice. Uh, but if you can reconcile with yourself that you can contribute positively to this world, I, you've tried really hard and you put out beautiful music. I love it. And I hope that you find a way to keep channeling your creativity to uh to to overcome this in in your way all right people have a, a fantastic week got another great episode coming up on monday uh i've got somebody uh, you know it's easy to talk to people when they're in the in their height of their career or in the, they're in the middle of their career but talking to somebody when they're beginning from the relative beginning of their career and getting that perspective is something I find interesting because I have a lot of faith in this person that they're going to have a really amazing career. I got to sit, sit down and talk with uh, this, this artist and I think it's a great conversation. So tune in on tune in like it's a radio download on Monday. Listen at your leisure on demand. And until then, have a great weekend. Peace.